Hello again, Fantasy Alarm Nation. My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Matt Sells and Ryan Helm. Time for the weekly family meetup known as the Family Times Podcast. A very fun month we're in right now. Fantasy baseball drafts are in full swing. Also, we got some football news, too, that's been hitting things hard as well, especially on the quarterback front when it comes to money. Speaking of money, Matt Sells, how you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, it's two days before my kids' spring break, and it snowed here this morning. So that's what we're – like, not a lot. It was big flakes, and it was, like, wet. But it you know it gave us a dusting. It was still snow to wake up to. My kids are like, are they canceling school? I'm like, it's a dusting. Get over it. <laughs> um, Doesn't take much anymore. I, I know. Here, luckily, they still go for reasonable reasons. But um, – I'm good. Look, NASCAR's in full swing. Baseball's gearing up. Brian had a auction draft already. Mine's in two weeks, so I'm good. Nice. Ryan, how was labor? You went down to Florida, and you got to hang with people down there, including Adam Ronis, my, my co-host on Better Sports Network, and also host of the Cash It podcast with Howard Bender, FantasyAlarm.com. How was that? How was hanging with Ronis? It's always good, man, to be in a room with, uh, you know, people who share the passion that you do. I don't have a whole lot of people in my uh, day-to-day life that, that love this as much as I do. So it's always good to be in a room uh, with with the best of the best, uh, get to hang out with them, chat with them, and auction with them was, was the best. It's the you know, first time in three years we've done it in person again, so uh, that was also great. Good to get out of the Northeast and get some Florida warmth for a couple days, and uh, overall, really, really good experience. So let me ask you something, Ryan. You I mean, because, you know, when for those that don't know what it's like to be at a conference with a bunch of fantasy nerds, I mean, fantasy industry people, my bad. But for the people that don't understand and don't know what it's and have never been to one of these conferences, is it kind of like when you're not in draft mode and stuff? Or do you keep walking around to groups of people going, wow, his XFIP is really off the charts? <laughs> Uh, you know, unfortunately I did not get to spend the entire weekend. I was only down there for a day and pretty much came right back. Uh, it's kind of loose. There's, there's definitely baseball talk, plenty of it. I mean, but also, you know, a lot of these people have been in these drafts for so long together that, you know, everyone kind of knows each other's family situations and things like that. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of just general camaraderie on top of the baseball talk too. When we were at the football conference in canton ohio i don't think ryan anytime i talk to you i don't think we talked a single second of football when you and i were talking i think we were just like bs and catching up the entire time right yeah that was you know the first time we saw each other so i mean that was uh cool to begin with and uh yeah everybody it's just it's just fun yeah there's definitely like i said there's definitely sports talk but it's uh it's getting to know people on a different level which is nice Sells, you gonna come to canton in august maybe how far away are you from canton um it's probably about a 14 hour drive so it's doable what about what about new york for tout wars next week (laughs) next week i can't go oh you could go you well i mean i'll be back east but just have uh, Malin do all your NASCAR work and yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You are. It's right. You're coming to the east side. I am. That's I'm right. Good. You made that. You made that very known that you're coming to the east side of town here. So hope you and your family have a very good and restful vacation. But before that sells, I mean, we got to talk about what's going on in the NFL because we've got some quarterbacks here. Some are getting paid. Some are on the move. First, I guess we can start with Derek Carr. 
going to the New Orleans Saints. We were hearing for a while, Jets, Jets, Jets. And now he's the newest Saint to come marching in to be all cliche and everything like that. What do you think of the fit with Derek Carr now in New Orleans? I think he's got to hope they have some good drafts because they, they need a little bit of help around him. He went from having, you know, two really high-quality wide receivers and one of the elite tight ends in the game and one of the best running backs in the game to, well, now you've got Alvin Kamara, right? But who knows what happens with his suspension based on legal issues and and stuff that's still going on. Chris Olave had a great rookie year, but that's a rookie year. Michael Thomas doesn't seem to want to have anything to do with the Saints organization at this point. Um, so who, like, I don't know. And they got salary cap issues. Like, he had to structure his contract to help him out with salary cap stuff. So I don't know. I think it's a winnable division for him, though. I mean, if you look at Tampa Bay's in shambles, Atlanta still has no clue what they're doing. Uh, and Carolina is still a quarterback short of being a football team. So I think it's a winnable division for his perspective. But I don't think this really changes anything for him for a fantasy outlook. Like, I don't think he's going to go and now join the top five quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, he doesn't make it a fantasy football draft target to me. I know that he right. was last year going in around the end of the QB1 tier and I didn't go in on him last year. I had one share of Devontae Adams. That's about the only connection I had with Derek Carr. Unfortunately, I didn't draft any of Josh Jacobs because partly because, Ryan, we bring back the convention for a second. One of the most popular conversations at the fantasy football convention last year was the Raiders running back situation and how at the time we thought that they were going to be implementing three to four guys, including Zamir White and Amir Abdullah. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, Josh Jacobs became the value of the season in fantasy football here. So that's just like brought brings me back to the convention here where there is some football discussion here. But, Ryan, what do you think with this fit right now, with what you know with this roster? We don't know what other offensive pieces they're going to get. Sells brings up the great point about Kamara. I think we can't assume anything, but we have to have in our minds that this guy – could be missing time, maybe even half the season, maybe longer. So is Derek Carr even on your radar to draft in a, just a one quarterback league? I mean, Kamara could also miss nothing. Uh, right. We've seen, you know, I mean, he could, yeah. Know. Yeah. So it's, a, I mean, it's, it's early to speculate on what happens. And I don't think just because Chris Olave was a rookie doesn't discount him coming into this year. I think he'll even get better. I think Carr is underrated, to be honest. Uh, I think people love to. I don't. I, he did not come through with what we thought he would be last year. But now he's gone from borderline top twelve fantasy quarterback to an absolute poop pile. Is how everyone views him, and I don't understand I, how that happened. I'm no, saying, I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you. I I'm think, just saying I don't think this move changes my view. Like he's still a low end QB one for me, but he's not elevating. No, like I, had he gone to the Jets, he may have elevated. Right? To me, he's a very nice super flex second. But like by by the end of last season, people were talking like he's the worst quarterback. So it's basically it's gotten to the point where in fantasy football discussions, if you're not Patrick Mahomes, you're a dog pile. It, it, there's like no outside of maybe the first three or four, and I don't understand it. He's a fine quarterback. Is he great? He's not great. Is he better than fifteen other quarterbacks? I think he is. I don't think he regressed so horribly last year that he turned into the this beating post that he's turned into. 
Uh, I think it's a pretty lateral move, maybe a slight move down. I still think he's a, a higher end super flex too, but no, I don't think he's a, a top 12 quarterback. Would you take him or Geno Smith right now as the way things stand? <sighs> good question. That is a very good question. I, <laughs> I mean, Geno's coming off signing a $35 million right. a year. Dude, what season? Here, here's the problem with Geno. Sucked for eight years. <laughs> And come out and was great last year. And so you could say, okay, was that out of nowhere? And he got paid. But then at the same time, you think he's still got two great wide receivers and a great running game. So maybe this was the situation he needed where the pressure was off of him. So I honestly think while they're very close, I lean Gino by a hair. But it's a very, very close. And, and Kind of where I'm going too, which is... Yeah, <laughs> it's... Guys, let this set, let just let this set in everybody. Let's all just take a moment, stop what we're doing and just think about this. Someone actually just gave Geno Smith a hundred million dollars for 17 weeks of service. Look at what Matt Flynn got for one game. (laughs) Right. I just that same organization, by the way. I've had this tweet in my head for two days that I'm not going to put out because I don't feel like dealing with the people. Is I can't wait for week seven when the Giants realize Giants fans realize they overpaid Daniel Jones and the Jets fans hate Aaron Rodgers for being a weirdo and not as good as he used to be. But I don't feel like I, dealing I do with the backlash, want, so I'm not going to do it. I am a Jets fan, and I do not want Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. I've I, been telling you guys since day one as a Jets fan, I've wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. I know he's not that exciting, but what the Jets have defensively and the other pieces that they have, and I'm not even thinking about Brees Hall when I'm including all this for now. We'll have to see what happens when he can come back, but just with what they have, the familiarity of the coaching staff, you don't have, Derek Carr is gone. Just get Jimmy G for a year or two, even a year, just one year. I could take Jimmy G for longer than a year. Here's the here's the problem with Aaron Rodgers, aside from all the ayahuasca and that he's nuts and has no clue where in the world he is at any given moment, except when he's on a football field. Um, it's going to be a circus, that aside. Like, you know, it's New York, whatever. It's Aaron Rodgers. Here's the problem. What happened to Tampa Bay after two years of Tom Brady? They are in absolute shambles. They have no quarterback because Kyle Trask is, I mean, maybe he's okay, but like he wasn't great at Florida. So what makes us think he's going to be good in the NFL? Um, They're way over salary cap. They cutting people left and right to get under the salary cap. And Tom Brady did just enough to win the division, a terrible division but just enough to win the division that now they're further back in the draft than they probably should be with that roster, which, yeah, it's a fairly deep draft, but there's no, like, it's not exciting to be in the back third of the draft, right? right? So Aaron Rodgers is 40. Let's say he has three years left. Let's say, maybe, you still have to find a quarterback and develop them to replace Rodgers when he leaves or quits. Not to mention, 
the Jets are going to have to clear like 60 something million dollars of salary caps. Like they're going to have to make the deal happen before March 15th. They have to have 60 something million in salary cap room for at least a day. Right. Right. So what does that do to the roster? Then what does the trade look like? Because we're not just signing him. You got to trade him, which means you're giving up a crap ton of draft capital to get a guy who might be good for two years. Let me let me stop you right there then. Because let me bring in this this little wrinkle. At this point, you I mean you're talking about all this money and how much off to shuffle things around here, and you're talking about what they'd have to trade. I mean, does Lamar Jackson become a legitimate thought for this Jets organization? We're talking about a guy who just got a non-exclusive franchise tag that's valued, I believe, up to thirty-seven million dollars. So he's no. essentially for those, and this is how I've been comparing it when talking about it. If this were the NBA, he'd be a restricted free agent right now, essentially, because then Baltimore has a chance to match. Then they can get picks out of the deal. So it's like that's essentially he's a restricted free agent. But you're you were just shaking your head. People can't see this. You were just shaking your head. No to Lamar Jackson. So when thinking about all this money and moving around Tetris style with Aaron Rodgers that the Jets are going to have to do, Lamar doesn't come to mind to you. No. Here's two reasons why. A, he can't throw a football. I'm sorry, 2019 was spectacular. But why are we all considering him an MVP caliber quarterback when he's done exactly one? We all talked about how Geno Smith was good for 17 games. It's essentially what Lamar Jackson has been in his career. Okay? Here's the other reason. If we want to make the playoffs, why in the hell would we sign a quarterback that has missed the last six weeks of the last two years? And didn't play in the Ravens playoff game this year. What, this, here's my, Why would you want him? My only combat to that is, well, two, three, actually. <laughs> <laughs> one, <laughs> he had no one to throw to. Uh, Hollywood Brown is okay. Uh, he became a second receiver on the Cardinals. And he's had one weapon for almost his entire career. Two... You can't discount the running. I mean, it's it's a wrinkle that I can when it takes him off the field. And three, you can say how much time he missed and how much, but if you don't think that that had anything to do with the organization and the troubles that they had together is why he didn't shake his ass back out there before he got paid this offseason, then I think that's I think you're mistaken there because I think that's 100 percent why okay. he didn't. Come He's back. also not getting paid because they don't want to pay a guy literally a quarter of their salary cap to miss. Down the stretch. The Ravens, when he went out, were solid. And they stayed solid. So, Tyler Huntley kind of kept them where they were. Tyler Huntley was garbage. Their defense kept them where they were. Okay. Even more so. They won a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer at quarterback because of a good defense. Hey, hey, hey. Why do we got to bring that? don't need. Like, what? When are we going to get through our heads that rushing quarterbacks, the guys that specifically run and then sort of pass, are not the ones you want? You want the guys that can pass and then run when they need to, like well, Josh Allen, I or will... Jalen Hurts, or Burrow, or Mahomes. Kyler Murray has missed like 40% of his time in the NFL, and he sucks when he's healthy, right? Lamar has missed the last two playoff runs. Why are we all in a... Trey Lance can't get on the field. 
Well, like, Sells, Sells, let's let's be real. I mean, you mentioned some of these other quarterbacks. Let's say Jalen Hurts actually gets injured. Let's say he suffers a serious injury. Are you all of a sudden going to turn on Jalen Hurts? No, because he passes more than Lamar does. Gotcha. He didn't until he had A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, though. So maybe if Lamar comes to New York and has, although I think overrated Garrett Wilson and uh, what the hell's the other guys, Elijah Moore, Maybe he throws more. Maybe he ran so much because he had Devin Maybe, But he ran in college, and they produced NFL draft talent in the wide receiver room. I, I'm, I'm, you know, he's an throwing. athlete that can kind of throw. He's Michael Vick 2.0. Vick never won a playoff. I really disagree with you. I just, I, especially last year, I just, I just feel like he and the organization, they're, they're done with each other. That's, I mean, that's why they put the non-exclusive tag on him. They want him gone, and he wants to be gone. Like, I think that he needs a, a change of scenery. Will he be the, the MVP he was? I don't know. Uh, there's a decent chance he won't. You're right. He does get banged up some. Uh, he doesn't try to avoid the hits that I feel like he should. Uh, but I. I I'm not going to crucify him off over the end of last year and not come back in the playoffs for an organization that clearly didn't want him. I'm wondering if the commanders are going to end up going after him. Everything I've been hearing down in, here until in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area until about a week and a half ago was that Sam Howell was the guy. Now, all of a sudden, it seems to be things things seem to be a little bit mixed and matched here. So I got to think about it and whether or not maybe the commanders would be in on trying to get Lamar Jackson down there. So I just, I wonder if I that's mean, going to happen. What's that? Like, could they get any worse? I don't know. No, that I don't <laughs> think they can. By the way, Ryan, me, uh, right. I had a coach, I guess. I, I don't know, but I'm not, I look, if the choices are Lamar or Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy G, I'll take Jimmy G first, Aaron Rodgers second, and I literally would pick everybody else besides Lamar Jones. <laughs> hey, man. The guy just can't stay on the field. I'm sorry. 2022, okay, team stuff, whatever. 2021, he's under contract. They're trying to make the, the playoffs. They're in a heated – everybody hates each other in that division. So, like, nobody wants to seed – spots to the other you know anybody else he's getting compared to patty mahomes and he's got a shot to you know whatever and he can't stay on the field right what about now let's bring in daniel jones into this discussion for a second <laughs> now look it's overpaid I'm i sorry. mean yes yeah but but is it that they overpaid or that they just that's the market for quarterbacks these days we're seeing we just saw geno smith get a hundred million dollars well I mean, daniel just, look at what russell wilson's getting paid is this just a product of the marketplace Yes and no. Here's what here's what I'll say. The only good thing they did about it is there's an out after two years. So if he sucks, they're not in hell forever. I I think the reason that they paid him is because let's look at the landscape of the NFL quarterbacks. It's bad. Uh, I would say roughly half the teams are playing a quarterback that's not very good. Uh, so what was their option? Their option was to pay Daniel Jones uh, or tag him, and then Saquon Barkley walks out the door. Or give him this really team 
really team-friendly contract. Yes, it's too much money, but yes, it is also the market. I remember when Jimmy Garoppolo got paid a couple of years ago, it was like $27 million. Everybody was like, oh my God! Now he's probably like the 15th paid quarterback. So yeah, the next guy will be just as, as overpaid as Daniel Jones is. Uh, I don't think he deserves that money. I mean, he threw 15 touchdowns last year. I know he ran for 700 yards and seven touchdowns. That's still only 22 touchdowns. <laughs> That's not a lot. I know he also didn't have very many good weapons. Uh, they also played a cupcake schedule. Uh, I don't think that he's still don't think he's the long-term option. I know they got good coaching. I know he coached Josh Allen and now Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in football, but just a, a does not equal B. Uh, you know, I think Allen is a worldly more talented quarterback. Jones is fine. Uh, but yes, I think it's the market. Yes. I think they were smart giving themselves an out, but no, I don't think he deserves anywhere near that amount of money. I, I agree. Like they, he had him over a barrel and they, they relented. That's, what happened? They kept the band together because there's nothing else they could do. They've got to put their time and energy in completely re-overhauling that entire wide receiver room. Like, there is nobody that's keepable in that wide receiver room. Well, they paid Not Hodgins. A... They gave Hodgins. He's coming back. He got well, okay. okay. <laughs> there you go. Maybe they could clone Barkley four more times and put him out as a pass catcher. What, I don't about, know. what about Richie James, the super freak? Oh, Jesus. Over 49er. I mean, okay. But, like, 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 let's go through their receivers. Like, they had Kenny Galladay, and that all went to crap. He's gone, yeah. Yeah, yeah now He'll he's gone. March 15th, yeah. Yeah, and then and then after that, they had Kadarius Tony, a whole mess of drama and health issues with him surrounding him. Wandale Robinson got hurt. <laughs> Dude. I like him out of the slot. He's a nice slot receiver. Yeah, I, I mean. I think he's okay. their new Sterling Shepard. One yeah. guy. I, I just and then what Slayton? That's, and Slayton when he's healthy is a decent, like he's kind of a big play guy. But the problem is like he's only going to catch two or three passes a game, and you hope one of them gets broken, right? I like, mean, if they want to be legitimate, they really need to bring in two people. And I don't know right. that they, I don't know what their cap situation is. I'm sure that Daniel Jones contract couldn't have helped. Although I know the cap Neither number isn't forty million. Barkley. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if they want to be to seriously get him right, they need two guys. I know there's a lot of talk here on local radio about T Higgins. I don't know what the, you know, the, you know, realistic, uh, amount of that is, but I I think Wandale is a good slot. I think Bellinger's a decent tight end. Barkley obviously is a good pass catcher out of the backfield, but you need real wide receivers here. You think, I mean, I don't know how at this point, especially with what they just did with Daniel Jones and Barkley, I, I don't know what. How if they're in on Hopkins or not? Yeah, they could be. Uh, I, I I love. I've always loved Hopkins. I'm, I don't know what he brings. It just seems to be more baggage and more baggage and more baggage. I'm not sure if more baggage yeah, in New York is a good combo. That's the thing. If you're looking at an elite wide receiver, I'd rather go with T. Higgins, who a you could sign rather than have to trade for, right? Right. Because uh, Hopkins has to be traded for. He's not a free agent, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and there seems to be less baggage with T. Higgins than, like, we all know that Cincinnati is, like, a place where a lot of guys get arrested, but you've never heard a peep of issue with T. Higgins. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Higgins would be a number one on, like, half the teams in the league. Agreed. <laughs> 
Giants are clearly one of those. Yes, absolutely agree with that. Guys, let's flip it over to baseball very quickly. Talk with Ryan Hallam about his labor team because he was in the labor mix auction, which for those that haven't participated in auctions, they're awesome. They're the way to draft. It takes more time. It's worth it. Get your few early round caliber guys that you wouldn't have the opportunity to get in a snake draft by participating in an auction. But Ryan, let me ask you, man. I mean, some of the players you went in on include, I mean, guys like Julio Rodriguez. I mean, even Kyle Tucker on this same team as well. I mean, you got Julio Rodriguez for $39. This is for everybody to know a 260 budget. Rodriguez for $39, Tucker for $38, Goldschmidt. 430. Were these active targets for you? Did you have these guys written down on a list with maybe a value next to them with the price point that you'd be willing to go to? Or were you just kind of feeling out the room and when these guys popped up, you felt like going in? Yeah, I'm generally a room feeler outer. I'm not usually a value writer downer. Uh, Julio Rodriguez was definitely a target. I think he's a, a monster. I think he's still getting better. Uh, so he was definitely someone that I was in on. Kyle Tucker, I don't know if I've ever drafted him before, to be honest, but I know he's, you know, it's not that I don't like him. It just usually gets picked before I come up. So uh, to come out of the first three nominations with two guys who are going to give me speed and power uh, was pretty awesome. And Goldschmidt, uh, me, he's a Cardinals fan. Yeah, I mean, but he's also won the batting title last year in the MVP. And, and yeah. uh, you know, 30 was, uh, you know, maybe a dollar or two more than I wanted to. But, it, you know, if... Freddie Freeman for 36. I don't think 30 is awful for Goldschmidt. So uh, I don't really usually come into these with targets or dollar values. So just kind of let the beginning come to me. And, and, you know, often people are a little hesitant in the beginning to spend the money. And I feel like I usually come away with a couple guys for a couple dollars less than I should have. So I want to know if pitching came up later in this draft, because like there seems to be value all over the board. For pitching like Garrett Cole went for 30 bucks that's a bit surprising I would have expected him to go for more like he's as far as I can tell the most expensive pitcher off the board and you were able to get Manoa for 22 Bieber for 20 and Cease for 18 which is basically three ace caliber pitchers for like 60 total dollars which is my entire pitching staff was under a hundred dollars yeah so was it just like i'm just trying to get the read of the room why everybody spent so much on offense and not that much on pitching you know i guess it was just the room like i know like cole and and corbin burns were, were two of the early ones even Mano wasn't that late actually i got cease first uh was the first pitcher i got at 18 I, I think I guess we just kind of all in our heads capped pitching somewhere in the 20s uh, and, and everyone just kind of, you know, followed suit. Most of the closers even, you know, were in the teens. I, I think some of the top guys may have gone in the 20s, but there wasn't very many. Uh, so I don't know if it was <laughs> we didn't all get together and be like, hey, let's not spend a lot on this. <laughs> really? <laughs> just, yeah, was, just yeah. I thought, the, did, wait, that doesn't happen? <laughs> I mean, we had a lot of fun together. This was a very loose room. Everyone was joking around. It was a really good time. Uh, but no, there was no no collusion against the pitching prices. It's just interesting coming. I wonder if the new rules and the speed of the game has inflated hitting a little bit more 
compared to pitching, although I still think there's going to be plenty of strikeouts with guys not be, I mean, Max Scherzer struck out Joey Manessis in 27 seconds the other day at a spring training game. <laughs> and there's a video going around of um, Landon Knack, a pitching prospect for the Dodgers, pitching an entire half inning in the time it took Pedro Baez to throw one pitch in the 2016 <laughs> NLCS to <Wow>. David Ross. <laughs> Well, let's hope Manessis doesn't strike out too much during the season because I have him in no, several I'm, drafts. That's been, I'm hoping he doesn't either. <laughs> he you know who else he has, Sells? He, Sells, he has Jesse Winker and he has Alec Manoa. Remember last year when I made the dumbass move of throwing Alec Manoa back into the pot and I kept Jesse Winker and I came to you and I'm like, hey, man, you think this is the right move? And you're like, no, I would have kept Manoa. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I mean, stupid. I I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I can't believe this. I mean, I was just trying to be honest, man. I did. Oh, that's why. No, I want you to lie to me. I want you to tell me it was a brainchild move and that it sucked as much as it uh, did. You worried about, Ryan, you got Daniel Bard. You worried about him regret. I mean, he can't keep up what he did last year. You think- yeah, probably not. And, and uh, you know, Colorado is not going to win a ton of games, but he's my second. About what, sub two, two ERA for the guy? Yeah, the second half he was ridiculous. Uh, he's my second. So, you know, I, I I did spend – when I did get that for five, it was probably – I was a little mad at myself for going that far. I thought I went <laughs> – probably shouldn't have. But I really wanted to come out of this with three closers. It was getting close to – you know, there was – we're getting we were getting to the – the more questionable guys. So he was kind of the last one around that I thought uh, could be pretty solid, like Bednar one for $7. I think he'll be better than that, uh, at least on a better well, team. Maybe, so maybe, uh, he may get traded like Bednar may get traded at the deadline and then not become a closer. In the yeah. Same. So, well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it wasn't for now. I, I didn't come out of it like, you know, hanging my hat on Daniel Bard, but right. I didn't want to go farther down at, uh, with only my second. Two catchers what? starting in this league, Ryan. You only spent the six dollars on Cabert Ruiz and Christian Vasquez, and that's a big strategy there because some people want to spend more money. You spent a combined six dollars, which allowed you to get. And by the way, an example of why auctions are better than snake drafts all across fantasy sports because in a snake draft, you're not getting Julio Rodriguez and Kyle Tucker on the same team. It ain't happening. It's no chance in hell, unless maybe. I even think I'll even say maybe a four-team league, not a four-team, a four-team league. You might have a chance, might, but that's what Ryan got. That's why you do auctions, boys. Yeah, I mean, unless if you get it, if you get both of those guys in the same draft in a snake draft, uh, I want to be in that league because clearly <laughs> you're drafting with the wrong people. Um, I took Ruiz for sales and, and Manessas for sales. I like Gay Bear. I mean, I'm not just saying that because he's a gnat. I'm just saying, like, oh, I do too. He's really quite good. You can make an argument. He's like the sixth best catcher in baseball, based on average. Like, sure, the the power numbers are still coming, right? But average isn't going to kill you, and that's all you can ask for from a catcher, right? Um, and to be honest, looking at this list of catchers, catchers a little deeper than everybody thinks it is. I agree. Like. Another guy spent eight bucks, got Gabe Moreno and Logan Ohapi. And I think that's a really good pairing. Like two young catchers. Ohapi's going to surprise people because nobody knows who he is. Is he going to start? Yes. Okay. You'll be the starting catcher for the Angels. He was, by the way, if you. Right right from the outstretch of the season, he's going to be starting. I'm 
believe that's the plan. Yes. Okay. Because I, I think I, I don't know if that's the plan. Well, I thought I, I read something about it the other day. I didn't think that was a guarantee. I mean, they've got to get a young guy at bats. They traded their starting center, like, well, not starting center fielder, but a starting outfielder in Brandon Marsh for him. He's good enough to start. He doesn't need to prove anything in the minors. So he may the Angels to start proving their young guys so they can maybe have a hope of keeping Otani. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, catcher is, if you're in a two catcher league, I wouldn't fret so much about catcher. I think it's actually deeper. Two than, catcher leagues are stupid. They I agree they're stupid. So, no no see, point. It's no point. Here's he, two catcher AL or NL only leagues are stupid. That too. Okay. But two catcher mixed leagues, not stupid. Just because. Just because a position isn't as deep as you want it to be and it's hard to do research on the back half, guys, doesn't mean it's stupid. It means it's challenging. It means if you want to be good at it, you should take time to learn it. Like, are we getting rid of tight end because there's only three draftable tight ends? No. Hey, don't Uh, make fun of me. My my other problem with it is it's already a position that a guy's playing five days a week. And, and now you need to. I mean, some of them play more. DH helps out a few more, but it's already a everybody pays a crap ton for closers who only spend three innings a week on the mound. Me- meanwhile, you got Dalton Varsho, by the way, who qualifies in the outfield too. One it's, category. It's like how how yeah, fine, one category. But how fair is it that on certain platforms he's able to qualify at catcher and in the outfield? That's well, the I think he played the enough game. Both of them, yeah. I mean, how fair is it that freaking what's his face for the same qualified at quarterback and tight yeah. end? Okay, you're right. No, you listen. You're right. We can continue having it's this. the rule. Like, if you don't like it, set the minimum requirement to above what he's getting behind the plate, and then you'll solve your problem. Or you could just make a one catcher league and be done with it. It's no. that easy at that point here. All right, guys, let's go to the family table here. I like this. We're a little chippy today. All three of us. I like that here. A little back and forth, especially about, see, this just shows, by the way, we're all into baseball. We're all, because it's starting up, basketball's ongoing, NASCAR's ongoing, but yet we were able to have like a fun, organic, like 25-minute football conversation. It just shows, guys, football, fantasy football, it drives the bus while the baseball has the fact that the three of us get paid. Or the fact that the three of us get paid to cover a wide variety of sports and we can talk about a lot of stuff. Yes. Oh, you get paid? <laughs> nice. <Good laughs> All right, let's let's talk about what we're bringing to the family table this week. This time, let's start with Matt Sells. Matt, what are you bringing to the family table? So a few weeks ago, I talked about how uh, gambling, people should stop doing stupid bets because it's going to give people in states that don't have it legalized yet, uh, a harder time to get it passed because they'll look and say, oh, these people are making stupid bets. Now the WWE wants to let you bet on scripted (laughs) stuff. Why? I'm sorry. We've got this whole NBA is rigged narrative going. We've got the NFL, like, 
the whoever said, oh, I got my script and it's totally scripted. So I knew when I was going to blow out a hammy and whatever. Now we've got that whole thing going on. Now you're talking about literally allowing people to bet on scripted things and then hoping to God the script doesn't get loose beforehand and change a line or bankrupt a casino because everybody bets the opposite of what the line says. Like, this is just Looney Tunes. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of WWE, but I respect what it's there for. It's there for entertainment. And and there's tons of people, including my two co-hosts here, that enjoy it. But it shouldn't, you shouldn't be allowed to bet on a scripted thing. If you're going to allow betting on entertainment, go on, I don't know, at least the least scripted reality show. Like, no, 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 betting don't do on... any of that. Don't what? do any of that. Don't bet any of that. Seriously. Well, no, I'm saying if you're going to, don't do WWE. Right. At least go with, like, freaking Survivor or something. But just don't do it in the first place. Right. It's stupid. There's enough right. sports. By the way, the script lines. can get leaked out, too, like... I'm sure if you search the interwebs on who won season 44 of Survivor, you'll find out who won. So don't bet on any of that crap. And listen, I love the WWE. I am a big wrestling fan. I am a big AEW, WWE fan. I watch wrestling a couple of nights a week, very late at night. And I love it. Gets me out of my head. I've brought this whole rap on before. You're going to never, ever, ever, ever bet on the WWE as someone who was a producer at one point and knows the inner workings of these shows. People know what's going to happen. They do. You're stupid, wasting your money betting WWE. I mean, a producer at CBS let leak the entire NCAA bracket a few years ago before they announced it. Right. On air, and it completely cut out the legs of the reveal shots for the teams that were on the bubble and all that good stuff. People leak out draft picks before they're announced on TV. The Oscars couldn't even keep picks from being leaked beforehand a few years ago. What makes you think the WWE is going to have this It's not. locked up by Ernst & Young, who, by the way, has their own scandals? Aside from this, but I just saw that and I was like, come on. Yeah, no, no. Listen, I I love wrestling. I love my Royal Rumble pool more than just about anything for the year. It's my favorite night. I talk about it all the time because, but that's a luck thing. That's a, hey, you're picking the names out of the hat. Ryan Hallam's Fantasy Survivor League that I've won before that I'm still currently in. That's different. That's different. That's it's a fantasy survivor league. That's really what it is. And, and it's free. Yes, and it's free, but we're not we're not betting on the outcome of the matches. People know this stuff. So I'm with you, Cells, and to everybody out yeah. there, enjoy wrestling. Do the Royal Rumble pool where everything's at random. You just get a number, that's it. Do not bet on this. Do not do it. Just don't. Do it. Number and, and I don't even want to start talking about what kind of odds you're going to get. There are plenty of other things that you can do. And that's where I draw the line when it comes to wrestling. And, yes, we talk about the difference between wagering and gambling. That's gambling right there. And it's stupid gambling. And it's throwing your money away. I remember they had DFS when, like, COVID was real bad and there was no real sports going on. And I thought that was dumb. Uh, but if you're actually like betting on matches, I think that's even dumber. So, yeah, I back up. Both of you guys are saying it there. 
Yeah. What about you, Ryan? What are you bringing to the table? Uh, well, I was just thinking about my weekend. Well, not my weekend. It was like one day in Florida, but also brings me to a, my, my one daughter's in stage crew. They're doing into the woods next weekend. Uh, one of the songs has a quote that was, uh, in, uh, one of my wife's favorite quotes says opportunity is not a lengthy visitor. If you think about it, it means things come around and you don't have a lot of time to take advantage of them. Uh, it was kind of silly for me to go to Florida for about 24 hours. And I think I traveled longer in, in the airports and the <laughs> you know plane after I got delayed two hours than I actually spent in Florida and uh, drafting. But the opportunity to go and, like I said, spend some time and be in this league and hang out with these people and, and, and everything else is something that I would do 100 times out of 100. So obviously not everyone out there really has the same – you know, specific opportunity, but if something comes to you and you're like, man, this is really kind of going outside of my comfort zone, but it could be really good. Go for it. I, you know, we only live once. You don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know what any opportunity can bring. So, uh, you know, some, this is something that was brought to me a number of years ago to, to be a part of this. And I'm just really happy that I yeah, took a goddamn plane to Florida for a fantasy baseball draft. Like pinch yourself. Yes. I'm going to Florida for a fantasy baseball draft. So, <laughs> Uh, if something in your life comes up, I urge you, take that chance and go out and, and go for it. I agree. I, last year, I drove to my fantasy baseball league draft in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I, of course, as you all know, live in Lincoln, Nebraska. That is a 21-hour drive each way. Uh, I was in Atlantic City for 42 hours, and it took me 44 hours to drive <laughs> round trip so i traveled longer than i was there but you know what i hadn't seen buddies of of mine in this league for three years because of covid and we took a break in 2020 because we weren't going to do a full league on a 60 game season and we didn't have a draft in you know so whatever it was worth it was it a long car ride yes did it take me three four days to recover from that car ride yes was it fun seeing everybody? Yes. So I'm with Ryan. If you get a chance to go, hey, take a day and go out of your way and do this thing, you never know. I watched some some YouTube videos about these these travel bloggers and they like they have these trips planned and then they meet somebody and they go, hey, you want to come check this out for a few hours? And then they go and they're like, this is amazing. I would have never seen it if if I had said no. So. Again, everybody's in a different thing. I'm not saying play hooky from work. Don't avoid taking care of what you need to take care of. <laughs> but if time allows. And finances. Right. Live, live a little. Yeah. You know what? It's funny you guys say that. A couple of years ago, I and this is still during the pandemic, my wife was about to have a baby. So still 2021, the height of the pandemic and everything. We still don't know kind of what the future holds. But when looking when you know thinking about all this and everything and me used to have to host a the front on friday nights until 2 a.m eastern saturday morning and there was a point where i really didn't have much time remaining before baby was coming and everything like that and by that point your your weeks as you both know you know your weeks leading up to it get very very busy and so with like literally like you know a month or two before I just decided because I had never seen I, I love the show Jersey Shore, just another show that the old episodes from its original run. And it's one of those shows, again, gets me out of my head for a little bit. 
just gets me to stop thinking about every little thing in life currently going on. And it just kind of lets me relax a little bit. So I never visited the house in Seaside Heights. And me and a friend, I freaking woke up. I went to bed at like 2.30 in the morning. I woke up at 6 a.m. and drove with my buddy up to Seaside Heights because he'd seen the house. Our other buddy met up with us who lives in New York. And we just had a great day. We were there for a bunch of hours. We didn't stay overnight, which was probably stupid because the sun just drained us. We drove back that day and it was just one of the best experiences. And it was something where it was almost not going to happen. About 20 days after that, the friend that I drove up with passed away in the tragic car accident. And let me tell you guys, doing that, because there was a point where we were just going to call it off and everything like a few days before, just I had a lot going on and everything. Thank freaking God that I did that. And it was, again, something, again, I knew that there weren't going to be many people in masks up there and stuff like that. There was going to be a little bit of inside time. Wife, eight months pregnant at the time, seven months pregnant. It was something that I felt I had to do. And then me and my other buddy who went up the first time went up back again last year. And we're going to be doing it this year, too. Kind of a tradition and a way to honor my my friend who unfortunately passed away. That's what you guys saying that made me think of that immediately because I'm so thankful that I had that time with him. Those two three and a half hour car rides up to New Jersey from Maryland to be able to talk with him and be with him. Because literally after, you know, three, two, less than three weeks later, I was talking to him on Facebook chat. Four hours later, he passed away in the car accident. So, yeah. And I guess, you know what? Since I just spent enough time blabbering, I guess I'll just kind of bridge mine and say, kind of like with what Ryan was saying, that just make sure that especially I've learned this as you've gotten older, you need to take time to stop and make sure that you're catching up with friends as well. I just hung with my college group for the first time in a few years, and I could just tell with what everybody's going through in their respective lives, we all needed that. You could just tell in the room, we all needed that. We needed to get away from the families. We needed to just be together for 24 to 40 hours, and that's it. And it solves, it helps out, it's good for the soul. It is very much underrated, and it provides more of an impact than you think it will. So just going to say that for those that are, we all have to work. We all have to make our scratch. We all got to bust our ass, but you also have to make time and don't forget to catch up with friends and spend that time as well, because it'll make you feel whole. So that's what I'm going to say about that guys. So, you know, and I'm glad I get to talk about this stuff with you guys, because it's fun bringing this stuff up because we're not just raw, raw sports people. We're people, people too, you know? So yeah, like I'm going off. The last thing I'll say is going off. Um, what you just said last weekend, my, it was a little nuts for me on Saturday. Not going to lie. My, a friend of mine, uh, from college, her and her husband, who I also know from college, uh, moved to within about a half hour of us. And it's the first time we've been that close geographically in, I don't know, more than a decade. And it was her birthday. So her hubby threw her a surprise party and I said, yeah. I'll come. It got moved up to exactly when practice and qualifying was for NASCAR. And I said, nope, I'm still coming. I can get NASCAR stuff done. It'll push. It'll be all right. We'll get it done. So did it cause my playbook to be out a few hours later? Yes. Yes, it did. Did it cause the podcast to be out a few hours later? Sure. But you know what? 
there was still time to go see them for three hours and hang out with them. And she had no idea the surprise was happening. No idea that I'd be there because she knows that, you know, my busy days are Saturdays. So, you know, there's always time to get stuff done. Everybody just thinks, oh, there's no time for anything. No, there's time if you make it. Sure, will things be a little later than you expected? Yeah, but if you get it done, does it matter? No, not really. It's what it comes down to. Again, it's, you know what? We all, we all live it in this thing. Life, life comes at us in many ways. It's hard, but we barrel through it. And sometimes the best thing to do is just put your, put your foot down and just continue to roll through. And the other things, you just got to step back. Everything's situational. Nature versus nurture. Nature By the way, I crushed that playbook. So <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Well, you crush a lot of playbook cells. That's why I have Will. I was all over Willie, Willie B. Billy bye, baby. I love that. I love that. He's Matt Sells. Give him a follow and follow all of his NASCAR work, fantasyalarm.com, and follow him on Twitter at the Salesman. Ryan Hallam, a follow for him on Twitter at Fighting Chance. I'm at Fenty Sports, and I think this really hits home on this episode more than a lot of others, but it's good to think about it and to expand on it. But we always end the same way in this episode, very themed around this. This family that sticks together wins together.